0: You're listening to New England Public Media News. I'm Adam Frenier, and this is the shortlist NEPM's Week in Review. Joining us today on the line, Elizabeth Roman, reporter and editor with the Springfield Republican and El Pueblo Latino, and Mike Dobbs, managing editor with the Reminder Newspapers. Liz, Mike, thanks for being with us today. Thank you. This week, Massachusetts public health officials announced opioid overdose deaths climbed by five percent in the state last year. Social isolation and difficulty accessing treatment during the pandemic are cited as some of the reasons for the spike. Holyoke had a notable increase in deaths, while Northampton and Westfield saw significant decreases. Liz, the increase in Massachusetts was among the smallest in the country. Still, do you find this news alarming?
1: I don't. And I think it's because I live in Springfield where um, overdose and opioid issues are a serious problem. I mean, I just talked to the New North Citizens Council executive director who got some state funding. They got about $2.3 for the next five years to target specifically Black and Latino men being released from incarceration and coming back into society. Uh, The sheriff's department has done a really good job of working with people struggling with uh, opioid cases as well. So for me, it's you know, it's been stable over the past couple of years. And I don't know if that's good or bad. I mean, we haven't gotten really high up, but we also haven't reduced it as much as we, we wish we had.
0: Mike, what should state or local officials be doing to prevent overdoses?
2: Well, I think that this is a case where we have seen the attention of our public health infrastructure focused so exclusively on COVID, on the pandemic. I'm not saying that they ignored a problem like opioid overdoses, but certainly I think the public's attention, elected officials' attention, was squarely aimed at the pandemic. So I think that the thing that we really need to do is to get back to talking about other public health issues that affected us before the pandemic and are certainly still around now as the pandemic hopefully winds down.
0: Staying with recent health data, Hamden County continues to lag behind the rest of the state for people fully vaccinated against COVID-19 at 31%. In Springfield, the vaccination rates for black and Latino residents are far behind that of white residents. Springfield Health and Human Services Commissioner Helen Calton-Harris.
2: Some of the data and some of the uh, information that's given to you may be sort of um, depressing. It may feel like we're not doing the work. You are. We just need to try harder.
0: There was some good news this week in Hamden County. Both Springfield and Chicopee moved out of the category of communities at high risk for COVID-19. Mike, officials in Springfield are trying to make it as easy as possible to get vaccinated, but are there other steps they should be taking as well?
2: Honestly, I believe that the public health officials in Springfield have done a fabulous job in trying to create an infrastructure to get the vaccines out. If If anything, they were hamstrung by the shifting uh, policies coming down from the Baker administration about how the vaccines should get into the arms of people. I I just think that we need to continue talking to people, um, uh, getting physicians to talk to their patients, getting nurses to talk to people so they can be reassured that the vaccines are safe and that they should participate in this program.
0: Liz, if vaccination rates remain low in Hamden County, what do you think are some of the concerns for long-term impacts on the area?
1: I mean, I think that to Mike's point, the the outreach that needs to be done in terms of getting people to understand the significance and importance of actually getting vaccinated, it needs to come from people in the community that are trusted. It needs to come from people of color to people of color because these are the largest groups that are not getting vaccinated. And the reason they're not getting vaccinated is because there is a long history of being uh, really badly treated by the medical profession in terms of the Tuskegee experiments, as well as Puerto Ricans, uh, the women being sterilized without their permission, without their consent. And so people in my family, I'm Puerto Rican, I have many relatives who are deathly afraid of getting vaccinated. So I think it's all about really giving proper information and having that information come from doctors and nurses of color.
0: One Massachusetts lawmaker is looking to end the state's religious exemption for childhood vaccine requirements in schools. Connecticut recently passed a similar law, which is being challenged in court, and Maine also has something similar on the books. State Representative Andy Vargas says the current law puts kids and families at risk. We should also mention this does not include the COVID-19 vaccine. So Liz, is it time for Massachusetts to join the growing list of states in New England in ending this exemption?
1: I, to my to my earlier point about the COVID vaccine, I, I just think it's a really nuanced issue. Of course, I mean, I don't have any children in the system. I, I think that if I did, I might feel very strongly in, in a different direction about wanting my children to be around other children who aren't vaccinated. But, and, you know, people's religions, people's beliefs are something that need to be taken into account. Do so I think that we could look at ways to make sure that those students are fully identified and that parents have the choice whether they want their child to be sitting next to a child who is, you know, not vaccinated? I think that's a conversation to be having. But we're moving it all together. I, I don't know that that's the right way to
0: go. Mike, what about the argument by some parents that it's their choice to decide whether or not they vaccinate their children?
2: OK, so we're getting into this huge swamp, this quagmire of religious freedom versus what's good in terms of public health. And and frankly, I'm like Liz in terms of this is this is a very sort of nuanced issue. Um, you know, I'm an old man. And when I was growing up, there was such a wave of relief that kids were getting immunized against smallpox and mumps, measles and polio. You know, uh, it was a completely different atmosphere than it is today. And uh, sometimes, I mean, I respect people's religious beliefs. However, this is a very hard nut to crack in terms of your religious beliefs versus science and keeping your kids safe. And finally, this week, former Holyoke
0: Mayor Alex Morse made good on his promise to donate thousands of dollars left in his congressional campaign account to charities. He's now the town manager of Provincetown and donated most of the money to Cape-based organizations and none to any based in Holyoke. Mike, in a recent column, you called this an insult to Holyoke. Please briefly tell us more.
2: Okay, so I understand this. Alex Morse is a politician, and as a politician, he has moved his base from Holyoke to Provincetown. So the first thing he's going to do is to try to show what a great guy he is by Lobbing out a bunch of largesse to Provincetown area uh, charitable organizations that's his right that's his privilege it's legal it's just a move that says to Holyoke I no longer care about you and I spent the last nine years professing my undying love for this city and its people so it's politics as usual and if anyone thinks that Alex Morris isn't just a typical politician they are wrong Liz?
1: I found it completely disrespectful and disheartening. I found it to be petty, and I think that it was a real slap in the face to every person who voted for him when he was just a teen looking to get into this, this big arena of politics. People believed in him. He was a young guy, and he became mayor, and he has forgotten that, and that's really, really disappointing.
0: All right, Elizabeth Roman with the Springfield Republican and El Pueblo Latino, and Mike Dobbs, managing editor of the Reminder Newspapers. Thanks for being with us today. Thank you. thank you. And thank you for listening to The Shortlist, NEPM's Week in Review. You can catch us at any time wherever you get your podcasts or at org slash podcast hub. I'm Adam Frenier, and this is New England Public Media.